This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Healthy is Wealthy Podcast. This is your host, Rhonda Arndorfer. I love to inspire women to be healthy and wealthy. Did you know that we have two brains? Your second brain is actually in your gut. Every week, I will bring you gut brain access topics, empowering healing through restoring the gut brain access. Let's get your life back through gut health. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Healthy is Wealthy podcast with Rhonda Arndorfer. And my guest today is Patricia Daker. So we met recently and we started chatting about obviously health because that's what we're both into. And we came up with this, like how our stories are so much alike and the secrets to living well that your doctor won't tell you is kind of what we wanted to talk about today. So Patricia is, her her whole story is dealing with your diabetes and she's a coach in that in that field and we both share the same journey that what we were told didn't work for us and patricia's journey led to mind body soul and my journey led to the gut health and um we just both have this passion for happier healthier lives with a gut feeling that there's a different way to live a life and we wanted to find answers And so I would love to introduce Patricia and let her tell you um, a little bit about what she's doing with her um, mind, body, soul, and helping people deal with diabetes. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and share my story. And I just want to echo what what you said. So my background is a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost 30, over 35 years now, I think. Um, I started when I was four. Um, But no, I I graduated nursing school back in 86. And so I've been in the field for quite some time. And during the time I was working in the emergency department here in Dallas, I developed type 1 diabetes. And there's a story behind that. And I'll save that for a little bit. But the, the interesting part was I knew all the technical and medical information and how to's about diabetes. I didn't care of, I worked in ICU for, it was a ICU. I took care of so many people who had the emergency department. I certainly have people all the time. But I got it from my snowy and wasn't. And of course, years in dealing with this and actually leaving the medical bedside to do some um, work in healthcare informatics. So I was a vice president of a software company. I, I began to learn some things that were counterintuitive to what happened in medicine. So my philosophy and what I'd learned about medicine was, you know, that if there's a broken part of the body, we fix it. Right. That's what it's all about. And we're given instructions on how to do that. But doing that is not so easy. It sounds great. So go change everything you know about your life, your relationships, your food, your work, um, your belief system, everything that you possibly can think of. And here then you'll be fine with this illness. And so, um, you know, I don't want to blame the medical field, but I certainly understand that perspective. And if we think back over thousands of years, medicine has always been about rescue right? We just want to preserve the body from dying. Well, with modern technology and advancements, people don't die from illnesses like they used to. I mean, insulin's been around less than a hundred years. And so prior to that time, anyone that had diabetes died. Well, now we live full and happy lives and it takes a different, um, set of skills. And so while current medicine is very good at treating symptoms of the body, it doesn't look at the whole person, which also includes your mind, what you think and you feel and your emotions and your soul. And your soul 
person, if, if we can talk about it like that, is all about your relationships and connections. And so how you relate with other people and then how you manage your emotions and deal with stress and things like that really impact your ability to carry out a quote unquote perfect plan of care, to eat well, to exercise well, to do all the things you're supposed to do. And so that that's kind of been my journey and my experience. And so I was you know, a third of my career, 15 years in the hospital setting, 17 years in healthcare. And in the last two years, I've um, branched out and I'm bringing this philosophy, if you will, to people that are dealing with diabetes. And I use that word dealing on purpose because it's day-to-day decisions and reactions and emotions and relationships, financial burdens. There's so much that goes into quote unquote living well, and it's a burden. It's an extra set of work most people don't have to do. And so if you don't approach it with some skills and tools and mindset that help you with the other side, not just the blood sugars and buying good food and all that stuff, um, you really, it needs to be the whole person because if you believe that something is bad, it will be. So much like if you believe something is good, that's when things get easy. So, you know, I don't have to tell anybody, you know, try really hard not to stick your hand on a fire, right? You're, you're just not going to do it. It's not a hard thing not to do because you believe it will hurt you. Now, if I tell you, you know, don't eat chocolate cake and you love chocolate cake, that's a little bit harder of a belief because you really believe it tastes good and you want it. And so you're um, battling with yourself. So, that's where the battle begins. It's not the knowledge, which you do have to have the knowledge, right? We all have to understand. And I think much like you, Rhonda, you have to understand the disease you're battling, how it works. You have to be educated, but there's more to it than just take a pill and you're fine, which is treating symptoms. It's really about getting to how the body works as a system. And I think that's where the gut health that you you, um, have found for you is so important because, you know, everything that we do in our body affects everything else. And your gut is pretty much the mission central, if you will, of, you know, you are what you eat. So what you put in your body gets transformed through your gut into who you are. And so um, I think both of those things really just understanding that the medical side is important. But I think both of us, you know, at least for me, I was really disappointed by medicine because they didn't help me. They just told me what I should go do. And when I wasn't able to do it, then you get labeled as non-compliant or, you know, that they put labels on you that you're not doing it the right way, but everybody does it the best they know how. I really don't know anybody that just decides to do something bad on purpose, right? Everybody's coping the best they can with whatever tools they have. So, um, you know, and that's the piece. If you get that part right, then it's a lot easier to choose eating healthier or, you know, taking your medicine or making changes. But when you're in victim mode, and I think the medical system, you know, is pretty good at trying to put us in victim mode. So it tells us what to do, um, you know, how to eat, where to go, all that stuff. But it really doesn't always give us the tools to be successful because it takes more than just knowledge, right? It takes understanding and all that. So um, yeah, I think, I think, being able to be part of the medical system and understand how it works, I see what's missing, right? And I see what's missing. And I had to go find that myself. And I think that's where our stories are very similar is we were, the medical system didn't give us enough to deal with what we needed to deal with, with managing illness. And so we had to go somewhere else and figure out what else was out there. Yeah. And I love how you're putting the mind, body, soul into it, because um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a Pilates instructor and I own a Pilates studio. Um, I haven't been in my studio in seven years. I still do Pilates every day. Um, that's that mind, body, you know, soul that keeps me sane. Um, 
But you know, my, and I also love your um, mission, mission central is your gut. I love that. I, I, yeah. I dotted that down. I'm like mission central. That is like so perfect. And you know, I have two medical things that, you know, we were labeled and Western medicine failed us and I don't fault them. I'm not saying that at all here. It just, it is what it is. And, you know, when you have certain, um, diseases or things going on in your body, they don't always know everything. And so you need to take control and you need to go figure it out. And sometimes it's, you know, I get people call me all the time. Hey, can you answer some questions for me? Um, my son's struggles were, you know, 10 years and he went undiagnosed with six years of Lyme disease. And, you know, we had to figure that out. We, we had to figure out the testing wasn't right. We had to figure out where to go to get the testing right. And and then with my thyroid issues, um, I didn't want to be on that drug. And I thought if I could, you know, use something natural and, you know, start with my gut. I And I accidentally did that because I was working with my cut, my kid's leaky gut and I was eating the same way and taking the same supplements. And before you knew it, two months later, my blood work said, you are in the perfect range. Continue to take those same supplements and continue to keep that same healthy eating. Of course, I've always got the movement and the, 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 the mind body aspect in there. Um, but you know, just controlling stress and getting your body balanced and never having to go on those, those, those medications that my doctor wanted to prescribe to me. Um, I was super thankful and ended up losing some extra overstress weight that I had and my hair was falling out and I was crabby and couldn't sleep and I was fatigued. And so, you know, when you get all that back in balance, it's just, and that's why I love when you say how you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with your diabetes and it's about the mind, body, soul. It's not just the insulin that your body needs. It's, it's about a lot of really awesome, healthy, mindful stuff that really can get us. And that's why when I met you and we started chatting, I'm like, we both have two same stories. I mean, different, but still, you know, uh, still, you know, we, we didn't know that well, I didn't know because I wasn't in the medical profession. I was a retired accountant. And um, I, I just thought that the doctors were always, they knew it when they said, this is that, or this is not that. I, I had to believe them because I believed that they had everything and and they really didn't. And yeah. when I unveiled that over you know years and years of research and talking to a lot of people and going to a lot of places, including you know flying over to Germany to go figure out how they take care of their problems over there. Um, it's amazing when you, and now with the internet, you can get so much information. So, yeah, well, and I think you touched on several good points. One is you have to trust your body. So, you know, and and you have to know what you're willing and not willing to do. So, and I think this is just an understanding that most people don't have of the way the medical system works. And I certainly saw it over my years, but every time you see a doctor, a new doctor, you start at the lowest possible level. So we're going to get the baseline information and we're going to do the least invasive, least costly, least problematic thing. You know, you don't start with you know, surgery, you start with an x-ray, right? So you always start with the smallest thing. And what happens a lot of times is people go from doctor to doctor to doctor, and they know something's wrong, but they're not getting the answer they want. And I think, and not always, and not always, but I've found this to be true on sometimes, you have to go back and say, you know what, that didn't work, what's plan B? And you have to have conversations. So one of the things I coach a lot on is how to have conversations with medical professionals, because they don't have all the answers, especially if you don't have open dialogue, right? It really is the key of good medical care is communication. 
because a provider, no matter how smart they are, they're only going to be as good as the information they can get from you. So that's part of it. And you are the one that knows your body. So if they're saying something to you and you're like, you know, that just doesn't seem right. Trust your gut because the system is going to take you through and try to do the things that are work out the best for most people. Well, and I have this theory, everything in my life, I kind of judge in a bell curve. Everything happens in a bell curve, you know, so it's tall at the middle and tapers off at either side. So our medical system is geared towards the people in the middle of the bell curve. It tries to do the best for the most. But if you're like me, and I'm going to say I was far right of the bell curve out in the outliers, I, I had... That, that middle of the road didn't serve me well. I needed something more special. So I was already a nurse. I worked nights. I lived by myself. I had a lot of other factors. I was very skilled and I'm really good at data. And But they treated me like I was in the middle, you know? And so I got really frustrated because I'm like, okay, wait, if I was talking to you, if you're one of your patients were in the ER, you would talk to me like an intelligent colleague, but now I'm in your office and you're treating me like a two-year-old, right? So it's like, having these conversations and learning how to change the conversation so that there's better information exchange. And if you're telling what you believe is true, what you need, and they can't give it to you, go find it elsewhere. Um, you also have to be a good listener too, because sometimes they'll tell you and that's all there is, right? Sometimes you get to the end of your rope, but um, I really believe that you have to trust what's in you. And I knew I wasn't willing, like they told me quit working nights. Well, I just bought a house and I was 26 and I lived alone and I really couldn't just tell the hospital, hey, by the way, you need to change everybody else's world to fit mine, right? That just doesn't happen. And so, um, you know, you just have to do what's right for you. And that's why my programs are called Dealing With Your Diabetes. It's yours. And yours is not like mine. Your culture is not like mine. Your background's not like mine. You know, everybody brings their own story to whatever place they are today. And you have to work in your story because if, if you start trying to work in somebody else's story, that's where people can't make it work, right? Because they're trying to do something that's like swimming upstream, right? And so that's why it's really important that you agree with it, you believe in it. Like if you're doing something for your health and it goes, like even to your point, if it goes against the way that you wanna eat and live and be healthy, you're not gonna do it. You just won't, right? So it has to be something that works you either have to buy into it or it has to be modified so it works the way you work. And that's where success happens. And you have to be able to have those conversations and negotiate to get to a place where what's best for you and what's the best that medical care has to offer. And sometimes medical care just has, you know, for me, it's, you know, I get prescriptions, I get lab work every once in a while, but the support I need is really what makes life happy, right? I get to choose to do things and I have a different perspective and I'm not, you know, one story I didn't share with you the other day and I'll share it with you now. So this is probably the best example of how something very small can be very, very big. So when I was diagnosed in my mind, diabetes was a snake and I hate snakes. I literally, they're just creepy crawly. Don't want to touch them. Even little tiny bitty ones. I don't want to touch them. Don't want anything to do with them. They jump out at you. They're in dark, creepy places. I just don't like snakes, don't like it. And so the equivalent of me getting diabetes was, here's a snake. It likes to eat this. Here's, you know, here's the care and feeding and requirements. Keep the snake alive and you'll be alive. Well, I didn't want that snake. I hated it, hated, hated, hated it. And so I think there's so many people that have something in their life that they hate and it is 100% natural and normal to push away from things you hate. So diabetes wasn't going anywhere. So I had to learn to change my mind. And this is where that mind, body, soul really comes in. Um, I had to find a place in me where I could learn how to love it. And 
for me, my diabetes now is this little girl and I feed her and I give her medicine and I take care of her because she needs me to. And I can do that. I didn't like the snake, but the little girl, I can do what I need to and sometimes even be selfless to help her. And that's not a burden. It's not ugly. I don't hate it. I just don't have that heaviness in my life anymore. And it's, it's that's that part of the soul in my mind. Once you get all that stuff kind of resolved, then it's kind of easier to take care of all the things you need to take care of. Right. But it was just that mindset. Nothing changed in the world. The only thing that changed was between my ears, you know, and it was just discovering something that, that really just made me in charge. Right. And there's something about not being a victim and being an owner in whatever you face when you have choice, you're empowered. Right. And so there's so many things, especially with chronic illnesses where it takes something away from you and you've got to figure out how to get back in the driver's seat because then you have choice and then, you know, you're in control again. And I think you mentioned control earlier, you know, it's just, it's really, you do have to be in the driver's seat. You're responsible for your life. You seek the advice. This is another thing that's kind of counterintuitive, but with my clients, we really work to empower them and not to be in, you think of a patient physician relationship, the doctors, the, this, you know, he's empowered and he's caring for the patient and that caring for implies passive and it really should be equal because it's my life. You know, he, I appreciate his advice. I'm so grateful they went to school and learned what they did and can offer me suggestions and hope. But when it comes down to it, 24 seven, I'm responsible for me and not them. And I pay them either through insurance, copays, however you want to do it or cash. I pay them for their expertise. And so they're colleagues in my care. I'm, I'm the driver. And I think that's a big shift that really helps people, um, you know, step into taking ownership and being responsible because that means you, you have choice and you're in control, which just feels a lot better. That feels better than having no choice and being stuck. Right. Right. So um, I think that's that's where, my, you know, if we go through the things that I coach on, I have five pillars. So um, yeah, the way to talk about those five pillars. Yeah. Yeah. So number one is just disease process. So I talk a little bit about diabetes and Honestly, these five pillars could work for any chronic illness. Um, I Right now, I'm sticking with diabetes because it's what I know. It's my sweet spot. It's how I can relate to people. But literally, this information is universal. But So one is disease. You, you really have to understand and know what you're dealing with. Um, two is grief. And we wouldn't really think about grief. You know, you usually think about when someone dies. And, and imagine the situation when someone dies. People surround them. They support them. They sit through, sit next to them when they're crying and uncomfortable. And, you know, and it's just people, people are are willing to put themselves in an awkward place because of your grief. When you get diagnosed with a chronic illness and you lose this healthy life that you thought you were going to live, people get really snarky. You know, don't eat that. Don't do that. You'll be better. Oh, my aunt had it. And they try to downplay it. And all of a sudden you find your voice getting snuffed out. And so people really need to grieve. There's loss. You have anger and resentment. There's denial. You know, the five stages of grief, we go through all of it except for when it's a chronic illness, everybody wants to cheer you up and make you feel better, which all that does is just really shove your emotions further down and makes you resentful and angry. So number two is grief. Number three is um, motivation. So with any chronic illness, you're going to have to do stuff to take care of yourself. And if you don't understand what motivates you to do things, then you're kind of flying blind. So you really have to tap into what motivates you, what makes you decide to do what you do. And we work on that. Um, the next one's ownership. So again, and kind of fighting against that victim mentality and putting you in a place of power.
power. So you can say no, you can choose, you can go to other doctors. You have a lot of choice, but we kind of forget that sometimes. And then the last piece is all about communication. So again, you have to be able to say what you want and what you need to the right people or tell them to back off, to ask for help. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to do that most people in general, unless your parents were like great communicators, communication is a skill we all need to work on. Um, and if you have a chronic disease or illness, it's even more important because you're going to have to tell people a lot more personal stuff if you want to get certain results. So those five things have really nothing to do. The first one has a little bit to do with, you know, the body part, but the rest of it's really about coping skills and how you deal with hard challenges. And that's really, once you get those in the right order and you're kind of back on your feet, the other stuff becomes a lot more easy because then you're empowered to make a choice about your diet, about your medication, about all the regimes that you have to go through. But it's kind of crazy to, to imagine somebody who is healthy and fit to dramatically change everything about their life. But then you have someone who's not feeling good, who's sick, they're weak, they're vulnerable, and you ask them to change everything about their life and do it so kind of smilingly and, and joyfully, that's kind of crazy if you think about it. You know, when people are sick, that's when they're probably the least likely to be able to really adapt and, and change your life. Until it's something so severe that you have to. You have to. You don't have another choice. Um, we have two family members that are insulin dependent. So I see what they go through and with their monitors hooked up to them all the time and um, and, and food choices, you know, we had a one-year-old's birthday party this weekend and I don't remember what our daughter Lisa's numbers actually were, but, um, she said, Oh, I ate some cake and she just kind of knew it. And she yeah. the monitor and, and had to take care of that. I pump, pump the monitor up because, yep. you know, and so it's, it's, it, it's a constant battle that you, you know, and it, it's, it's with my son, with his Lyme disease, it's a constant battle to, you know, deal with all the different issues that he has going on in his body. And, and I love how you have these five pillars because I never really thought, you know, as you were saying grief for him, you know, as young as he was, and he still is, and the grief that he's got to be going through to deal with, I'm not like anybody else. All my friends are off getting married and having babies and buying houses. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still kind of locked in this prison here. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't want to work and and how does he get himself motivated every day to, to get up get out of bed and do something because yeah. um and and I, I have seen him take ownership um and I think have you seen in any of these five pillars is there anyone that people struggle with the most he struggles with the communication part so he's I'm sure frustrated and when he wants to when he when he has to talk to the doctor he never wants to talk to him right but when he has to um Sometimes I worry that he's not, he's not going in with the, with the whole book of everything. And like, this yeah. is my list, you know, he's just going in with that one piece, but that, like you said, the doctor needs all these pieces to the puzzle to be able right. to solve the problem for you. So uh, with him anyways, at his age and his frustration level with his particular disease, I see, I bet you that's the number one that he, he's got the challenge with. Well, I would say... The core of everything in my experience is grief. So when you get, so if you go through the five stages of grief, the first one's denial. And we see that a lot with diabetes. Not me, I'm fine. Nope, not, not checking my blood sugar. I'm not going to deal with it. So there's just total avoidance. Um, then there's anger. And there's a lot of angry people out there that don't like where they're at. Um, 
anger, denial, and then there's bargaining. And bargaining is like, okay, I'll do this. I won't do that. I'm going to try this. Bargaining is actually, I, I think, very healthy because it helps you figure things out. If you can understand that's what you're doing, most people get frustrated that it's not perfect. And so I always preach it's about persistence, not perfection. There is no perfection. There isn't. It doesn't work that way. All, you know, Even baseball players, they get up, they don't hit a home run every time, but they always play the game. And so we really have to work on um, on that. So that's that bargaining stage. And then there's depression. So if there's anything worthy of sadness, it's a chronic debility where part of your body quits working. And it's worthy of sadness, but you don't want to stay there. So as you find, A, you have to face all those things. You have to speak your truth about those things. You have to note and admit what you lost because of those things. And then you have to, at the very end, if you can get past all that, and you will, but it's you can't ignore it. You have to really dig into it. The last piece is acceptance. So I, and I'll say this, I love my life. I Yes, I have diabetes, so what? I am grateful I have insulin. I'm grateful I'm on a pump. I'm grateful I wasn't born 100 years ago and would already be dead now. So I don't see, I don't fight diabetes or battle. I deal with it every day. I make a lot of choices every day on purpose because I get another day. I counted up not too long ago. And had we not had insulin, and, you know, I started taking insulin July 5th, 1991. It's like 10,000 extra days that I've got on this earth. And I've been able to have children and get married. And that's, to me, something to be grateful for. So even though we might battle it, I, I, I choose gratitude, right? I choose to say, you know what? I'm still here and I'm still making choices. That's acceptance. That's where you get to this place. And once you get to acceptance communication will come easier and ownership will come easier. And, you know, then you're willing to be curious, right? So you're like, okay, this is life. It's not, it's not the way I thought it was going to be. That's in the past. The past is gone. This is today. This is what is, what is true today. And when you can really start understanding your truth and what's true about right now, yes, I can't do all these things, but I can do these things. And if you start channeling yourself towards what you can do and what you were born to do. That's why I started this business. You know, it's like, not that I can't work as a nurse, I could, and not that I couldn't go back to corporate America, but I feel like this idea of people dealing with chronic illnesses, having more choice and being more empowered is so important. Um, that's why I do it, right? Because it's it's not a message people are getting. And the medical system tends to put us in that victim role, which is frustrating. It's it's disempowering, right? And you, just, you don't feel good. It's not a fun way to live. So if choice and intentionality and just being in truth, this is the way it is. Like I know if we went to war tomorrow and I didn't have insulin, I would only have maybe a week to live. Who knows? Um, that's just true. It just is what is. I can't change that. And I, and I don't try. I love but, your attitude and I love how you're, you know, you've turned what you're um, misfortune is and your health challenge into um, something to help others, which is really awesome. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just so thankful to have met you and that you'd come on here. And how can people that have heard your story and that, you, you know, how these five pillars and how yeah. can people get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is www.dealingwithyourdiabetes.com. That's and simple. I would say, yeah, go there. So there you can, I have a free download ebook that you can download and it kind of goes over the five pillars in a little bit more detail. Actually, you got quite a bit today, but it's a nice little ebook to kind of help 
you know, if you want to digest that. Um, I blog, I write a ton. So I'm always trying to be inspirational and provide information. And then if you're a Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram person, I'm on, you can get all those hashtags on my, or those links, social links there. And then I also do YouTube videos once a week. Um, and I guess I can throw a little uh, shameless plug in. I'm getting ready to do a free webinar. It'll be on July 1st. And I've had a lot of people ask me about group coaching. And I think one of the nice things about group coaching is you're in a session with um, three other people and me, so four clients and me, and you're not alone. That feeling of, I don't, nobody gets it. You absolutely are with other people who get it. So it's really nice. And sometimes you find that what they're dealing with is what you're dealing with. So you not only learn about the issues that you're trying to solve, but you hear from other people. So I really wanted to talk a little bit about that on this webinar. And so it really is a glimpse into group coaching. And then I'm starting up a class probably in August. So, um, if anyone is interested in that, all that information is on the website as well. I love your group coaching idea because you you don't want to feel that you're alone. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what the, the things that we struggle with, you know, we are we have a group of friends and family that gets us. And so and, and they're they struggle with some of the same things. And so it's it's so nice when you can you can reach out and talk to somebody that gets what you're doing and yeah you know yeah I just love that group coaching that is so awesome so thank yeah. you again for joining Healthy is Wealthy with Rhonda Arndorfer and the E Women Network and we will maybe have you back again in the fall and check in with you I would love that I would love that mm-hmm. you're gonna have a busy summer thanks again thanks Rhonda appreciate you having me on your show. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.